One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Oh, g'day. Welcome. Hi, I'm Osha. This is Better Make It Quick. This is the Quick Wednesday edition of the show called Better Make It Yesterday. Uh, better Make It Yesterday? <laughs> better Than Yesterday. So uh, this is a podcast that's been running since 2013 and it's here to just help you make, help to make your day-to-day better than yesterday. That's it. Something you hear on this show. And every show will do just that. And we do it by having conversations with people from all walks of life, from all over the world, some of them experts in their field. And each one of those conversations has something in it that makes you go, you know what? That's, hmm, I'll try, try that or reframe that something or change direction on something or look at something differently. And then bang, today, better than it was yesterday. That's it. There's hundreds of interviews hundreds of episodes. We'd love you to go back and check some of them out because it's a it's a quite a wealth of content. There's a lot of really great knowledge and I'm I'm super grateful for all the guests that have, have shared their knowledge with us because uh, my life's better for making this show and I, I know that people who listen, their life's better for making this show too. And it's always nice to meet people who love the show. I saw a couple of people backstage at the Ursula Carlson gig the other night that, that dig the pod and I'm, I'm super grateful for for that. It's always really, really nice. I'm Washington Ginsburg. If you've never heard the show before, I'm a TV host. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm a, what else am I? I'm an office cleaner upper. I'm a um, lending people visiting from out of town work from home kit because they can't get back to their home at the moment and they need to look like they're back at work. And so we quickly make a, a background that looks like their house. So no one at their work knows that they haven't made it back yet. That was fun. That was yesterday. <laughs> And um, yeah, I'm here three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays, Wednesdays, here with a guest, and Fridays, here with you. And on Wednesdays, we like to go back through some of the episodes I was just speaking of to just kind of revisit and have a listen and just remind me and you that, you know what, there's some good stuff back there. Let's go back and check it out. So in 2018, we used a program called Skype to do remote guests a long time ago. Skype, remember that? Dropped out calls, robot voices, and that was the best we had. Anyway, in 2018, I spoke to Dr. Elise Ballew over Skype. She's in Melbourne. I was in Sydney. Now, Elise is a coach. She's a meditation teacher. She's a social entrepreneur. In 2012, 10 years ago now, Elise founded Mindful in May, which is a campaign that provides mindfulness education, tools, and support to build a sustainable meditation practice in just one month. Now, I've talked on this show a lot about meditation. I've had some of the greatest mental health breakthroughs of my life in meditation. In fact, I've had life-saving mental health breakthroughs through meditation, just the, the 
mere act of observing one's thoughts allowed me to realize, oh, shit, I'm, ah, wow, that's a distortion. Oh, that's a distortion. Wow. Boy, that felt really, that feels really real when it's happening. And that's the thing that really saved me. But I'll talk about that another time. Elise is very, very passionate about meditation. She originally trained as a doctor and a psychiatrist. So I wanted to know, what was she learning through her work that drew her towards meditation? And what was the science saying? So I think for me at this conference, hearing Richie Davidson talk about his research and specifically around well, I'll just, yeah, I'll share. I mean, there's so much research. There's about a thousand studies a year coming out wow. on this. Yeah. So it's, a, and it's, and it's increasing exponentially. So it's a really rapidly growing field. But just to pull some highlights that really grabbed my attention, I would say, you know, Richie Davidson actually a couple of years ago did some seminal research which showed that actually one day of medit- one day of intensive mindfulness meditation was actually enough to change the genetic expression of um, inflammatory proteins in the body. And so inflammatory proteins are like what contributes to chronic illnesses of various sorts. So it was one day, it was about six to eight hours of meditation. Now that was sort of sitting, walking, sitting, walking. So admittedly, most people may not go and do a full day of meditation. That might seem like extreme for people, but the fact that they showed that that practice could turn turned down the genetic expression of quite a harmful protein in the body blew my mind. Okay. So like at a, at a, like (laughs) to a point where it was like therapeutically significant. Well, they would, they were doing blood tests so they could see these proteins were reduced, but you know, they get did blood tests at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. So in terms of clinically significant, uh, I'm not sure, you know, I can't really speak to that in terms of, would this be impacting if someone if someone was had some kind of illness? Would it be? I don't think it was to that level. Yeah. But the point is that it was um, revealing and opening a window that expands our understanding of how potentially powerful a practice that is that we where we use our mind can actually be translated into into bodily transformation, and that's really through the fact that meditation is um, helping settle the nervous system and and. And reducing this chronic fight or flight response that most yeah. of us live in, um, which was not designed to be activated chronically. So if we can, so the, the somehow the practice uh, reduces, yeah, calms nervous system, reduces this stress response, and this has profoundly beneficial effects on the entire body. So that was one piece of research. <laughs> yeah. And then another piece that was done by Sarah Lazar, a, a neuroscientist from Harvard, um, looked at people who were practicing, for, they went into a two-month mindfulness program, which admittedly I think was committing to about 30 minutes of meditation a day. And they had brain scans before and after, and they found that there was a correlation with brain changes, which were that the amygdala, which is the stress center of the brain, actually was reduced in volume um, over that two months. And so the implication there is that, that you know, what we use, like when we're stressed a lot, the amygdala is going to get a lot of activity and it sort of grows and then it gets better at being stressed. So the reduction in the amygdala volume was associated with also a subjective feeling of less stress. So, and, and it just shows that there, like when the brain changes in that way, it suggests that that's an indication of enduring change. And another piece in her research was the hippocampus, which is the area of the brain related to memory and learning. Um, which actually gets a real 
hit when we're chronically stressed. It, it, it shrivels and we get not as when we become more unable to retain things and learn. Um, that part of the brain actually grew in volume. So, in other words, like the meditation practice was somehow almost countering, like opposing the effects that stress, chronic stress has on the brain. Isn't it great the way she described that? Fantastic. Some people struggle with meditation because I know personally, I struggled with meditation for a long time because I thought, oh, this is, I can't make my mind quiet. My mind keeps going noisy. That's the problem. Well, I'm reading this really interesting book all about the default mode network and noisy is what minds do. It's just kind of observing the noise. That's meditation. But no one tells you that because there's this idea of this yogi on a mountaintop with nothing in their mind. And yes, that can be achievable after years of training. I'm talking like, you know, how can someone look like, you know, world fitness model 2024 or years of training, right? So how can you make your brain that quiet in years of training? But you don't need to do that to get the effects. So I asked Dr. Elise, I said, look, is there some way that we can you know, liken meditation to maybe something else in our lives that we do to make it a bit easier to kind of get the goal of what we're trying to achieve here? I think that physical exercise is really a very powerful metaphor because, well, in a number of ways. So we all just know and we accept the fact that if we want to be energetic and physically fit, we've got to go to the gym, we have to train. And, you know, when you're unfit and you go on that journey, it feels like crap and you get to the gym and it is you just don't want to be there and you're just grueling through it and then you keep doing it and then finally you start to feel really buoyant energetic and then you can't imagine not doing physical exercise it's just a part of your life the same thing with meditation I think when people start to do this the general I think the more common experience is that when you're doing it for more extended periods of time it's very agitating you get restless because you're actually it's a detox process from the hyper stimulation that we're bombarded by and so you just have to know that like physical exercise, if you stick with it and push through that initial resistance, then it's going to start to feel really good to the point that you'll reach a point where it's like, I, I mean, I can't go back because I know what it feels like to have a mind that is calm, focused, clear. And so you might fall off track a couple of times here and there when you're really busy, but it's an integrated knowing. It's a deep knowing that this is, feels good and this is good. I've got, I've got to get back on track. Um, and, and also you've mentioned about people that sit to meditate and then they have thoughts and they're thinking about their shopping or they're worrying and they're su- they feel like they're such bad meditators. I would also bring the analogy of physical exercise into that and say that just like when you're trying to build muscle at the gym, you need like a weight, you need a resistance to push against to actually grow that muscle. Um, with mindfulness, you're, as you're building the muscle for greater focus, it's actually the distraction in your mind that is like the weight. So I call it like the mental dumbbell lift. So it's really great because when you're meditating and you're sitting there and for those, I'm sure many of your audience do meditate, but for those who might not have, you know, you're you're concentrating on the breath and then your mind's wandering off. When your mind goes off, instead of like getting really critical and frustrated, you look at it as an opportunity to rewire the brain. So it's like, right, here's a mental dumbbell lift right here and you let go and you redirect your attention back. So that move is actually what the training's about. So it's not about trying to stop your thoughts because you'll never be able to do that. It's actually about training your mind to bring your attention back to where you're choosing it to be. And in that process, you're rewiring 
prefrontal cortex towards greater focus and also greater emotional regulation. That is such a fantastic, fantastic way to describe it. I think the common misconception is that meditation is hours passed and I didn't know because my brain was like a still forest pool and I was having no thoughts at all. And But what you're describing doesn't sound like that at all. What you're describing is that's not meditation. Meditation is the exercise of bringing the thought, the un willing thought to a willing thought to bring the wandering to the to the uh to the deliberate mm. does that mm. sound right absolutely yeah absolutely i mean there's a really helpful metaphor i didn't create it uh, it was through um jack cornfield who's a wonderful teacher um he talks about training the puppy and i love that metaphor so it's like when you're sitting with your mind it's like you've got a young bouncy puppy going all over the place and each time the mind and the the thoughts wander off you gently bring back that puppy and it's like stay but you don't do it with like a brutality and a self-criticism like you do it how you would relate to the puppy with gentleness and patience so you're constantly bringing it back so you've found you've found this thing it's starting to make you feel good and I'm guessing full of youthful exuberance and abundant joy like I have to tell everybody (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have been criticised for being a bit of an evangelist. Uh, but um, no, I think, you know, I was in psychiatry and for a while there I was feeling, and I write about this in the book, The Happiness Plan, that I was starting to feel that I was just not on the right path. I knew I wanted to make a difference. I knew I wanted to kind of be in the world of the brain and the mind, but I somehow felt that I wasn't learning enough about how to really help people thrive, not just survive. Like I was helping people go from like the brink of suicide to coming back to life, but I was really wanting to learn how to help people go from life, you know, from surviving to thriving. And so I think what happened was in that discontent or that unsettledness, you know, I was searching and part of that, the meditation was part of that journey too. And as I went deeper and deeper into it and I went on retreats with some really just extraordinary teachers and I started to see these teachers and really see people that embodied so much of what I wanted in my life. Like they were generous, they were humble, they they were just, just, yeah, like people that I would love to be like when I grow up kind of thing. Um, and, And so it just, it was a bit of a, I don't know, it, it was it was sort of a subtle cumulative effect that just took me, if you know what I mean. And I started this project, this big project, Mindful in May, as a kind of experiment to kind of harness technology because this was before Facebook had like Facebook ads and all this. So Facebook was like a really open platform and I saw that there was potential to use that to bring people together in community. So I brought together my passion for sort of technology, creating community, the tools that I'd been learning in mindfulness and my passion for making a social difference, so the humanitarian side of things. And I just thought, oh, I'm just going to try this out. It, literally the idea for Mindful May came to me while I was sitting in meditation and um, tried that on the side while I was working in psychiatry. And then it was just this thing where I got – there was a responsiveness. There was a need in the world and it just kept growing and growing until the point where I was sort of living this double life of, you know, psychiatry training – by day and running this startup by night. And it, like, I remember there was one beginning of one year, I felt this real heaviness in my chest. I felt a bit anxious, like I, I'm, something's not feeling right. And I realized it's because I can't do these two things anymore. So it was sort of, I had to make a choice and the choice led me to what felt most alive and, and, and where I felt most passionate. So I dived into 
mindfully made full time and that was it and haven't sort of looked back. People talk about meditation as something that has really helped them find happiness and Dr Elise Baillieu has some interesting thoughts as to what she believes the key to happiness is. I'm going to say that's going to happen after this little break. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening. You might have heard an ad break there. There is an ad-free version of this show, by the way, and um, you can get it if you go to patreon.com slash osher or just search Osher Ginsberg in Patreon. And thanks to those who have supported me there. There are video episodes and um, ad-free episodes there available for you. Meditation has many, many health benefits. However, it can also help us to be happier in ways that make the world an easier place to live in, not just for us, but for the people around us. In the terms of happiness and mental health, I think that we're becoming a society where we're so self-absorbed and I think that one of the keys to happiness is actually turning your attention outwards and actually contribution. There are research studies that show this, you know, that generosity, you know, leads to greater fulfilment. So it was also about putting these two pieces together in this campaign. So it was like do something good for yourself and dedicate that to something greater than yourself. Um, and it, And I think it... There's a sense that this also connects to when you start to meditate a lot, you do develop a greater sensitivity to the world and there is a greater sense of interconnectedness that you experience and so that naturally ripples to wanting to actually take action to alleviate suffering in the world. I wonder if that's because we're switching uh, or we're, we're just kind of allowing parts of our brain that used to be very tribal, very aware to our community because we needed a community to survive. I wonder if like through meditation, those parts of the brain that have allowed us as a species to thrive are going, oh, right, because you've been staring at Twitter likes or Facebook likes for the last seven hours. Uh, <laughs> we're over here where, you know, we have to take care of that person because they might need to take care of us one day, you know. Mm, Th- those, mm. sorts of, those sorts of things might not get so much attention in our brain. Yeah, I think that's completely true. I think also that at a fundamental level, we're a species that's wired to be connected. Like our lives depend on this on this connection from a very young age. So, and I think that when we've got enough space and we just settle back into ourselves, there's almost like I think I think goodness is inherent in us. I'm kind of optimistic, but I, I do. I feel like goodness is inherent in human beings, and the reason why there's Bad badness is because there's trauma early in life, like things get deranged, you know, but I think the essence is goodness. And I think that when we practice something like meditation, we come back to this goodness in ourselves. And I think that that does naturally ripple outwards. I, I 
Absolutely. I don't think we would have made, we wouldn't have made it past the Renaissance if that wasn't our default mode. We would have slayed each other like completely. To, like mm. if 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 badness, if evil, if if destroying another human was the thing that made us successful to a point, that's great. But at one point, as 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 a as a species, we went. You know what? It's actually better to not be slaying each other all the time for all of us. <laughs> so yeah. at, at one point, we collectively decided that, and I, I still feel like even though shit is hitting the fan at the moment, um, it always has. It's always yeah. it always has, and throughout history, we've always come out on on the let's try and help as many people as we can. But that's you know, I'm feeling fairly optimistic. I've just been to the gym. I've I've had a protein <laughs> shake. I'm I'm firing all cylinders today, Alice. Uh, now, t- tell me just to just to go back a bit about helping helping others. We we talked a bit about science. Is there any? And I'm just asking this. Is there any uh, research around um, you know helping of others as far as your own personal happiness goes? There is definitely research. I'm forgetting the exact citation, but there's definitely research. Let me around, whip out. I can get scholar.google, but I, I think it's Stanford. <laughs> there was a study that looked at basically if people were offered, you know, a hundred dollars, a hundred dollar voucher to go and shop themselves, or they could take the hundred dollar voucher and do something that would be good for someone else. And then yeah. they looked at, you know, the impact of that and they found that the people that chose to do something good with that money had a longer sustained level of happiness than the people that used the $100 to buy something for themselves. I can send, I can try and find the reference for that after the call for oh, you. But no, I, I, recall, I recall that study, but I, that, that, I guess that's, that's what I'm asking because that sounds like a, it's a profound thing. It's a profound thing yeah. to to know that um, if you are feeling shitty in your day, um, you know what you do? You pick up the phone and you call someone that might not be feeling might be feeling worse than you, and yeah. just say, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I I think another interesting thing. So we've been talking about mindfulness meditation, which is more the practice of really training the mind to be more present, focused, and developing self awareness. But then there's the whole other sort of realm of meditation, which are the meditations that actually cultivate positive qualities inside you. So they're love and kindness meditation, compassion meditation. So these are actually like generative meditations. And I think just to bring these up here, because when you're talking about, you know, the the, the blackness in the world and, you know, how we can sort of make our world a better place, I think the research has shown that some of these practices also lead to pro-social behavior. So and this is because you're training the mind into more generosity and and more compassion. So th- the rewiring is happening. You're actually affecting how people behave as well. I really dig this stuff. I do. I'm meditating a lot at the moment. I'm, uh, meditation is a part of the pain management practice that I'm I'm going through. You know, I'm going through some pain stuff at the moment. Listen to previous Friday episodes. I talk about it. And meditation is proving to be very very helpful because it is the it is the practice of observing sensation and observing thoughts about sensation and in observing the sensation and the thoughts about sensation I have an opportunity to start to um, make different choices about what those thoughts and those sensations mean Uh, that may seem like a fairy tale but it is possible it takes time but it is it is a possibility and uh, it takes work I do it every day and over the last month and a half or so it's been we've had a shift 
it's, you know, still ordinary sometimes, but it's a big shift and it's exciting. Um, yeah, meditation is really important in my life. That episode with Dr. Bailey is so good. There's only a few little bits we played you today, but I really hope you can check it out. Go back to ep 226, scroll back to 2018 and you'll find it and um, enjoy. I hope you're getting mindful this month in May. Go and check out what Elise Bailey is doing. Go and check out Mindful in May and um, yeah, just try it out. If you think about meditation as something you never thought about it as before, it's easier, you know. You're not trying to make your mind empty. You're just trying to look at what's happening in there. And that's the first step. And it's fantastic. So thanks heaps for listening. I really appreciate it. You can check out the mindfulproject.com. That's where you can find out more uh, about what, to, what Elisa is doing. Big thanks to Bree Steele, who put this episode together. Andy Ma, who cut it all up. Rachel Barrett, my executive producer. Toa Hyder on the music. You for listening. I'll see you here back on Friday. And um, thanks heaps. If you need me, send us your email at gmail.com or come find me on Instagram. All right. Until we speak on Friday, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.